All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're watching Leafs Morning Tape. With host Nick Alberta and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. Well, that was a pile of shit. Hi, everybody. I'm Nick Elberga. Joined alongside uh, Carter Hutt for the Friday edition of Least Morning Take, the final one before the holiday break. Hutts, uh, how you doing on this Friday, my man? Oh, better than the Leafs are doing. I can see why Rosie called in this one. Eh? He said, no chance I'm coming to talk about that steaming pile from last night. Well, that's that's another thing, okay? Just to bring this up on the show, Rosie's not here today because he's on route to the Barn Burner show to get gooned up on that show. So priorities, priorities, Rosie. I know you're going to watch. You're going to listen to this. Like the, it's full blown, like DefCon Nine in Toronto, and this guy's going to booze, man. We need we need some hot takes, buddy. How are you today, though? Good, good, good. I am good. It's uh, that time of year, last day of school for the kids, and then they are off for a while, which is kind of a little bit anxious for me and my wife, knowing that we got to look after our own kids. I didn't have them to look after myself, you know. Yeah, that's that's tough. And uh, you talk about kids. Sheldon Keith's looking after a bunch of kids right now, and. Uh, we're going to get in that game last night. We're going to talk about the Columbus game as well. Um, maybe a bit of a development in the Will and Elander front. But I, I thought we should start with a bit of an exercise. And we'll go first with what transpired between Columbus and Washington last night and get your perspective. It's such a perfect show for you to be on, to guest co-host, because of everything that transpired in Buffalo. What happened with Merzlikens and Tom Wilson? What was your read on that last night with respect to Wilson and Merzlikens and OT? Like, you had an opportunity to maybe get in a fight? 
I, I never had one in the NHL. You know, you obviously got to stand your ground, but I, I think this is just such a dumb play. Like you're, you're the goalie, man. You're not going to fight. You're going against Tom Wilson. Like he's going to absolutely speed back you. And then if somebody sticks up for you, they're going to get beat up. So it's just one of those things where like wrong time, wrong place. You know, he was complaining about trying to get slew foot earlier in the game, but it's just a dumb play. Like, what do you do? And I, I hate when goalies would do that. It was just one of those ones that really frustrated me. I think over the years seeing, seeing Bennington do it all the time, I would be like, you know, you just want someone to go down there and clean his clock. Oh, definitely. And uh, I, I just think it brings a bit of spice to the game, which has been missing, as you know, in recent memory. And then I don't know if you caught the picture after the Capitals oh, won yeah. the Ovechkin winner. That that was, dude, that that should be up uh, in, in Paris, in the Louvre, man. Like, uh, I don't think photographers are commended enough for some of the work they put together, but it was like pretty much a shot of like the entire capital celebration, like glaring at Merz Leakins, which I thought was perfect. Yeah, I loved it. It was, it was a photo that it just shows you like how dumb the situation was by it. Like <laughs> these are guys that play in the NHL. They play every day. When you do something stupid like that, and then you get burned on it, like they're just rubbing it in your face. Like nothing needed to be said there. Just everybody staring at him, giving him the gears as he skated by as actually just Ovi just sniped one on him. So uh, that's a great photo that is going to last a while. And you know, as a goal, he's, he's one of those guys, he's a character. It is what it is, but it, it, it's funny that photo. That was a great capture. That's for sure. Oh, it's phenomenal. Did you see this uh, J fresh hockey survey that they put out yesterday? Do you have a chance to see this? No, I can't say I did. You hit me. So with there was a survey put out by J fresh hockey and I'm not, I'm not throwing darts here. I don't know who they surveyed, but it confirms that the Leafs are the NHL's most annoying fan base. Like, I don't know if they just pulled everybody in Montreal or somewhere like, even I see Florida Panthers have zero people. They have a pretty annoying fan base. Um, I, I know Leafs fans are a bit triggered by that. I just call it jealousy, honestly. I just call it jealousy. I don't know how you see it. I don't know. It's <laughs> I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I, I think this might be true. I, actually, I saw this yesterday. I didn't know it was Jay Fresh. You caught me off guard with the, the Jay yeah. Fresh. But honestly, Leafs fans can be pretty annoying here, Nick. I don't want to get down in the mud here, but... At times, there's definitely other fans that are painful. I think maybe it is a bit of jealousy. You know, it is the hotbed, but they think the league revolves around them, which sometimes it does. But it does. There's though. a lot of yeah. people that could be on that list as well. I think in Arizona, like obviously zero percent because no one even goes to the games. <laughs> barely they have a college arena. But the Leafs, Ottawa. I'm surprised Ottawa up there at ten percent. I would put the Habs before them. I would put a lot of teams before Ottawa. That's for sure. They're irrelevant. They have been irrelevant for a long time. Well, they're another story, but I think it just confirms that maybe J Fresh Hockey is out of Montreal. I don't know. Like, it's just, I, I'm, I'm always wary of these polls and it made national headlines. So I guess it's a big time poll. Again, I'm not throwing darts at anybody here, but just like a, such a random ass fucking poll. Like, I don't know. They talked to like 3000 people and they voted and somehow those were the results. But like it, it just strikes me as something to troll Leafs nation, which again, yeah. we've been accustomed to, to seeing in the last uh, several years of existence. I would bump the Bruins up that list. I don't know if you've ever been to a game in Boston, but oh no. my God, you do not want to play a game in Boston. They are just right out of Southie, right out of the local dive bars. And they are, I remember losing a game one time in Boston and Allmark had played really well. We lost 2-1. Game's over and he's standing at the net, just like, take, this is when he's on Buffalo, taking a drink of water, just taking his sweet ass time. And I remember the boys just going nuts, like, get us out of here. Every fan in the tunnel is just like making fun of us, you losers. That's where you just want to get out, get on the bus grab a slice of pizza and get the heck out of that rink. But this guy's taking his sweet ass time, enjoying his two, one loss. What a loser. 
Big time loser. And uh, that seems to be a theme around this league. I would even put Philadelphia in that conversation when it comes to that fan base. I remember I went for a Leafs game a couple years back before I was in media pretty much and uh, almost got Natilly. I won't lie. I got a bit gooned up and uh, almost got Natilly. Uh, granted, again, it was like 6-2 Philadelphia final, so I thought better of myself. But I think there's enough to go around the National League where it's not just the Leafs thing. I think it's fan bases far and alike through North America. There, there are some issues everywhere. In Canada, we got some annoying fan bases in Canada, like even in Edmonton. I will throw darts at Edmonton. They win one game. They beat the worst team in the league in New Jersey. All of a sudden, they're winning the cup again. I think you could throw blame around this league, Huts. I'm not just throwing darts at them, but a lot of fan bases are really fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Edmonton is on that list. You know, Philly, oh, Philly is tough. They say a lot of mean things to you. Even like... Yes. Like even Nashville fans can be annoying in a sense of like, they don't understand the game right at times yes. where like, I yeah. love Nashville, but it's like, I remember playing in Nashville and like the team would get the puck in like the far end and they'd be like going crazy. So like, it's good in the atmosphere, but sometimes it's like, like literally they just dump the puck out and then they wouldn't know when to cheer. Right. I remember one time in the playoffs, we had like a list of like cheers to do. Like if someone blocks a shot on a cheer, like they had like a guidelines for it where sometimes in other markets they're painful because they, if you're not playing perfect, they bail on you right away too, right? If you're in Mont- if you go to Montreal and you score a few goals early, it's like the crowd's not even at the game. They just boo and they no yeah. one cares. So it's yeah, it's definitely not just Toronto, that's for sure. Uh, apparently, Jay Fresh Hockey's out of Toronto, so things you learn on a daily basis. There you go. Thank you to Danny for that. And uh, yeah, it reminds me of Nashville. I went years back for a Leafs game, and again, surprise, surprise, they got throttled. It was a game I think Craig Smith threw it over the bar with an empty net. Like it was so ridiculous that I always remember that game. Like he had a full blown breakaway with an empty net and he put it into the netting. But um, I remember like they, I don't know if they still do this, but like, let's say Nashville goes on a power play. They like pretty much tell the crowd it's six on four. The Preds are going on the, like they tell, they spell it out for them. And maybe it's because the market was a bit newer back then. But yeah, there are some markets where they have no clue what's going on. Like I got some friends in Vegas and I was there for, the second round last year, just doing a bit of a tour there with Vison out in Vegas. And I met with a lot of Golden Knights fans who were really, really green and new to the game. And that could get annoying for like a fan base like Toronto who hasn't won since 1967. Yeah, I think that's tricky, right? You see these teams come yeah. in and, you know, get even Nashville getting to the cup final, Vegas coming in with this expansion yeah. draft where they just pretty much had the pick of the litter. But the unknowledgeable fan sometimes is good because they're just energy, right? You go to Vegas and you come over warm-ups, the music's pounding and but it holds you accountable as a team. I think being in a market that's good, right? Like St. Louis was like that too. They would turn on you quick, right? If you weren't playing well, it'd be dead. And then some nights it would be, but I always struggled in those markets. I remember playing in St. Louis where we were in a playoff series against Nashville and we'd have, we were having a tough game and they'd like turn on you. They'd just be like kind of bail. It's like, well, this is when yeah. you need the fans. This is when you need the home ice. This is when you want energy where like teams like Vegas and Nashville, like playoffs in Nashville are unbelievable because everybody's just going nuts. We had one game, we beat the Sharks one year in triple overtime. Mike Fisher scored the winner. And I remember leaving that game and I was like, I didn't even play. I'm just sitting on the bench. I felt like I was hung over because it was so much energy and like electricity yeah. the whole game. All I was doing was making sure Rene got whatever he needed. I was massaging his feet between periods. We ended up winning and <laughs> everybody was hammered. It was just like an unbelievable time. So I think that sometimes is fun. Uh, but at the same time, you know, having that knowledgeable hockey, they at least during a regular season, when it's a long season, they know when to cheer and when to get into the game. I know why I'm going to cheer. It's the Boxing Week sale. You never knew you wanted or needed, Huts. Uh, from December 26th to December 31st, there'll be some major savings in all nation gear merch, including discounts in our newest line drop, as well as the Varsity Collection. Keep it locked on nationgear.ca for some major Boxing Week 
savings. And again, I know we're prolonging the inevitable conversation we're going to have on this show. I'm trying my best because I really don't want to talk about last night. But I should mention as well, if you like what we're doing at the Least Nation 401, where you can subscribe here on YouTube, Least Morning Take, wherever you find your podcasts. I know a lot of you have been asking about the holiday special. Thought I think we should just clear the air. <laughs> uh, surprise, surprise. Technology took over. Um, all four of us got together, Stewie included, Rosie included, the other day. The recording didn't go uh, as anticipated. So long story short, Rosie and I got together again yesterday for a different holiday special. And then just to make it up, up to everybody, because you don't get huts, you don't get Stewie, we interviewed Easton Cowan. So that's coming out on Christmas Day. I know a lot of people in the chat have been asking for Easton Cowan. We interviewed him yesterday in Sweden. And so that's coming up over the holiday break, something you can get away from your family, listen to our podcast. How about that? Yeah, it's nice. Just drop us. I, you know, I cut out time to be on here, you know, take time away from my family and kids for a Christmas special. I had the Santa Claus suit on and everything and they just cut. Well, the only, I think the main problem was Stewie's Wi-Fi. I think he was still on dial up. We could barely see oh, the guy. Fuck, man. <laughs> it was <It's>, tough. <laughs> It, it, it was really tough and I did feel bad. Luckily, you guys are like solo maintenance. Obviously, I've worked with Stewie in the past, but I I have worked with some broadcasters and former NHLers who would huff and puff. And uh, I'm thankful you guys just stuck with us. Uh, we tried our best. The funny thing about that recording, they'll never see the light of day. Three seconds in, I was wearing my ugly Christmas sweater, my like funny Christmas sweater. And I said, hey, Rosie, your mom sent this to me. It was like literally five seconds into it. And he's like, my mom's dead. So I'm like, what a way to okay. start. <laughs> this holiday special. So now you guys know what happened, but it's never going to see the light of day. But Rosie and I did put together a holiday special. But nonetheless, I think I'll get some of your thoughts on the holiday season uh, to wrap up this broadcast a bit later on. But let's dive into it. Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees in their first order, $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25. That's NATION25. Uh, uppercase for that uh, 25% off your first order with DoorDash offer valid in Canada subject to change terms apply. So I think we should go in chronological order. Again, it would just be so easy for talk for 15 minutes about whatever the hell that was, but I want to go before the game. And I thought, again, this is perfect that you're on former NHL goaltender Carter Hutton. So the pregame comments were a bit alarming to begin with from Sheldon Keefe saying this about Ilya Samsonov. He's got to play. We got to get him going here. I think if you're a goalie, and I'm sure Samsonov sees social media and what's going, that's probably the last thing you want to hear. We got to get him in there. Yeah. Like, just like, well, he's on the team. I don't want to play him. I have to play him. He sucks yeah. right now. He's struggling, but they're telling me I got to play him. I can't just sit him on the bench every game. Like, what a way to instill confidence in a goalie who's been just a shit show who was good last year like he's played well you know and he just can't seem to find his game right now so i don't think that is and then again like he rolls out the media last night and he just says stuff like what are you saying man keep that to yourself you don't need to show your hand like these are things you're just giving people bullet points that go off so it's tough to watch and i definitely don't think that's something you want your head coach saying and even if even in that case, if he's not on social media, if he's not seeing it, someone in the media is going to say that to him. Hey, Keith said this. It's everywhere. You're yeah. playing in Toronto. It's a fishbowl. So that's definitely not the way to want it to go. And, and then you look at the game. Oh, man, maybe that's why Keith didn't want to play him. But he seems like he had to. Oh, they're in one. Absolutely in one. So five goals on 19 shots. Dude, the first two shifts, the Leafs were outstanding. Like, that's exactly the start you want on the road. They're buzzing. They're on Buffalo's D. 
Next thing you know, Jordan Greenway coming back from injury, just flip, flips it on net. Like, I think he's going off. It goes in. That right there is like demoralizing. Like, I think the team knows right away, like, this guy doesn't have it tonight. He hasn't had it all season. But, like, in general, what did you read in the five goals on 19 shots from Samsonov? I think it's crystal clear this guy should be nowhere close to an NHL crease right now. No, I agree. And I've been hard on this guy in the past. And it's, you know, friends and a few people that follow our show, you know, give me the gears about it. But I, it just, he, he fails the eye test even to someone who doesn't understand goalie. You watch him play. He's just struggling. On the Greenway goal to start, it's like he's not even tracking the puck. He's just moving because the puck is moving left to right. And it goes in and, and he's in like full splits, almost going the other way when that's Swimming. a routine. Swimming. That's a routine, routine save all day. Right. And then even look at Tage Thompson goal. I know it's like a, he's got a decent shot, but that's a routine save. He's looking at his glove. He's clueless. Even the other one that goes in where screen, he's like, he's just his body language and the way he carries himself right now. He just stands there. Like it was the same goal. I talked about when he gave up to the Islanders on Brock Nelson, the pucks down low on Paul Mary. He's just sitting on the post and like staring at someone's ass in front of him. Like find the puck. It's the same as a Devin Levi goal on Matthews. You're a goalie. You have to keep your eye on the puck. I don't care if someone's in your way. You find ways to, f- and just the laziness in his game, he's sliding all over them. Like a few of them, like the Skinner goal, I'll give him a little, if he gets the rim yeah. behind the net, that puck never ends up in the net. But it's just one of those things where it's snowballing on him right now. And his body language, let alone with the way that he interviews, like there's no way if you're on that team and that first goal goes in by Greenway, you're not just like instantly deflated. They tried their best to come out of it, but the problem is you kept letting goal after goal after goal. Like the second period starts, it's 3-2 Buffalo. And then just shit after shit after shit. And the Leafs try to make it a game. And again, I know this is going to be pinned majorly on the goaltending, specifically Samsonov. I thought the Leafs stopped playing, man. They gave up. They they gave up. And you just, I don't care if you have Red Light Rassico in there or Elias Samsonov or Carey Price. Like you just can't do that. You are pro athletes. You are professionals. You're paid to play the game. And I thought it was downright despicable what they did in the second and third period. Like, there's no sugarcoating it. I know they had some comments after the game. Austin Matthews called it embarrassing. We'll see how embarrassed they are on Saturday. That's all I'll say. Like, if there's no response on Saturday, maybe maybe Hudson is one of those full circle things where Columbus, Buffalo, and Toronto get together and the Leafs are the next team to score nine goals. That's all I can think of. Yeah, it could be, right? It's one of those things where... You know, this is now you're sitting as a GM with a team that wants to win a Stanley Cup. Like, what, what is the response here, right? Like, I get Keith saying like, hey, we're, gonna, we're just not going to analyze it, but we're not going to forget it, right? But at the same time, like, that is an embarrassment, especially a game where you have a lot of fans that are there that w- want to be there, that, you know, spend good money, especially those are your blue-collar fans that are, like, not being able to go to downtown Toronto. They're coming to that Buffalo game to kind of see their team play. To lay an egg like that is just absolutely embarrassing. And obviously, the team quitting, I I get that and I see that. But when that first goal goes in and you see the way that he's been playing and he's so shaky, I had a run like that in St. Louis with me and Jake Allen where Jake struggled a lot. He ended up playing unbelievable past the Winter Classic and the playoff run. He was lights out, but he was like, he was just struggling, right? It is what it is. And I've been in that situation before where you're fighting the puck. Nothing feels good. Everything is like foreign where, but then I've been in that flow state where it's simple and everything is rolling and it's a helpless feeling. And I understand when it runs through the team, there's no reason to quit, but you lose confidence in your goalie. You are done. Three, seven, nine, eight, 71 through 14 appearances. 
Where should Ilya Samsonov's next game be played? Because I, I know Nick Kiprios, who guessed it on the show last week, made some headlines. I don't understand why. Like, I think he made a really good point. Like, Samsonov can't hack it at the NHL level. Put him on waivers. Fuck, somebody picks him up, they pick him up, man. Like, I know it's not comparable to Jack Campbell because Jack Campbell has term, but, like, this reminds me a lot of the Jack Campbell situation where you have just a goaltender who has no confidence, um, really hard on himself, needs to find himself again. I, I would would think think strongly about sending this guy down to the HL away from the team because at this point it's literally costing the team. Like again, I, I'm not to you know taking the blame away from the rest of the team yesterday in that loss, but I think Samsonov was a big reason why they got in that type of hole. And I want this guy nowhere close to Leafs, you know, Leafs crease. I, I know Wolves out. I know they have Hill to be in the minors. They don't want to rush him along. He's like 23. They got uh, Petrozelli. I mean, their their options are limited. But I think it's Martin Jones time. That's all I can say. Yeah, and, and that's why you sign Martin Jones. You look at like, that's a great signing at this point, right? You look at the depth. Even you look at certain teams that are dealing with this as well with a few injuries, let alone just guys playing bad. Even the Wings having Reimer as some depth with Line and Huso out. But I don't think that is really an outlandish comment by Kiprios, like being no. like his next game should be in the market. I think you should get him down there, let him go play, let him figure out his stuff because – the margin for error at the NHL level is just, you can't be taking your bumps and bruises up there. That's why you look at even like Levi and UPL in Buffalo. I think they rush those guys. We're like, but Samson has had a point in his career where he's the guy, right? Like you need to play well, you're getting paid to play well. And even not giving him the big deal that he could have deserved last year, thinking taking him arbitration looks genius right now. Imagine they were locked in on this guy on like a big term deal, like Edmonton did to Campbell, where everybody was like, how are you giving him five for five? Now look at the situation they're in. So maybe you get them down there. Maybe Martin Jones can be the stopgap because I think whether Samsonov's up or he's down, Martin Jones has to play now, right? Especially after what Keith just said and then that performance last night. Oh, yeah. It's 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 signed, sealed, and delivered. But the unfortunate thing in this day and age, these guys can't play every game. And I think Martin Jones is like a, a fine third goaltender. But for all these people four days ago proclaiming this guy as the fucking Vesna winner, like give me a break. I mean, he's nothing special. The numbers will check out in the AHL. The numbers will check out in his career. He is what he is. So I think, again, to begin, there were unrealistic expectations with Jones. But I don't think there should be any concern. Like, I think that's the big conversation. Oh, you can't send him to the AHL because, God forbid, somebody picked him up off waivers. I would look at that as a blessing, a fucking blessing ahead of March 8th to give this team some salary cap space, man. Like, I'm so done with this guy. And for those of you who watched the podcast and listened early on in the season, I was the first backer of Ilya Samsonov. Like, there's no way you can bury this guy this quickly. It's 14 appearances, man. Like, that's legitimate sample size in the NHL. We're at Christmas, and this guy can't make a save, and I feel like I'm watching Baywatch because he's swimming out there. <laughs> yeah, he's swimming. sliding out of the crease. He's all over, and he's been like that all year. It's been ugly. He's had the few games where he's been solid, but just his effort level. And you And you look at... Washington, right? They move on from Vanasek, who is struggling with the Devils. Mm-hmm. They moved on from Samsonov, who is struggling. And now they have Kemper, who's playing well, and Lindgren, who's been amazing. Like, maybe they were onto something. You don't just let goalies walk that are good, right? You don't just, like, get a goalie that's homegrown that could be a stud and get rid of them. It's like it's like the Leafs moving on from Joseph Wall right now. When you homegrown someone that's in your system that can play, you keep them. They don't let guys walk. Maybe they're onto something. You watch him. He's... He's been kind of a, he struggled his whole career with, you know, being in shape and getting in trouble and just his effort. I don't know. For me, I struggle with it because I'm like the old school. 
I was built on like working hard and I had to fight for every chance I got. So I struggle with these guys that are like silver spooners coming up in the system. They get everything handed to him and he's just an absolute dog, but I don't know who knows. That's just me. Cause I'm bitter and retired. No, it's fair huts. This is not a chirp by any stretch, but I won't lie. Last night I was watching the game and I'm like, I want huts to tee up what it's like to be on waivers. Again, it's not a chirp. You had a great career. You made some great money. But what, what is it like to be on waivers, like in general? Because I, you know, I've had buddies who have been on waivers. There's a lot of pressure that goes along with it. You don't know what's going to happen next. So set the table for us, please. I think it's humbling, right? Because you like, yeah. for so long, like when I got put, when I got sent down and then traded to the Leafs, I feel like for so long, you hold yourself to such a high standard, right? At least for me, I had the acceptability of like, I had an injury, I was trying to come back and I was getting older in my career. But when I was younger, getting bounced up and down, like you think you have a job, you think you're good enough. So you have this like image of yourself or you see other players, other goalies that you compare yourself to, right? Like, you know who your comparables are and where you can play. So when you get sent down, it's just like a shot, right? Because those are your peers. You feel like you're unworthy. You feel like you just don't have enough to get it done. Um, and at this point, and I think as long as that is expressed to him, like I'm sure at some point, Curtis Sanford and the coaches have been like, you know, you're our guy. We want you to be there. But at some point, it ha- something else has to change, right? It's insanity if we just keep going to the well again, expecting he's going to be better. Um, from my perspective, it could be something that he needs, right? I, f- I feel like for me, I remember I struggled one time when Rene got hurt and they traded for Devin Dubnik from Edmonton and he came in and I had a meeting with Mitch Korn and it was very black and white because sometimes in hockey, everyone just fluffs you up, right? Like, oh, you're yeah. good. You're going to get your chance, blah, 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 blah. And I remember Mitch Korn saying to me, like, you, you've, you just you've, haven't been good enough. You've sucked. You need to be better. And it's either you're either going to play in the NHL in this short little stint or you're going to be done and you may not never get another chance again. And then I, I went on to play better, but I feel like those black and white conversations that were hard to take, right? Cause you're, you're a pro, you want to be good. But hearing that honesty and perspective, I look back on my career and I respect Mitch Korn for that. I respect the guys that were man to man and told me to my face, like, Hey, you suck right now. Be better. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's fair. And it's, it's the big boy part of the job, right? I think humanizing the situation I always try to do. I've never been in that sort of scenario. People watching and media like have not been in that scenario and it's just a lot different. So I appreciate you bringing me some perspective on that front. The other thing like watching last night, it's time. Um, and I was very careful to like tiptoe around this in the past. Uh, I was very cognizant of this, like what, what take, how should I attack? I know people in the chat, oh, you're pissed off today. Like, rightfully so. By its time, I, I think it's time for a coaching change. Uh, I don't know any other way to put it where I think this team is not learning from their mistakes. And I feel like if they continue on with Sheldon Keefe, it's going to be the same old episode when this season matters the most in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, the fact that there are 30 games and we have no clue which team's going to show up and just the drastic highs and lows, it just, it leads me down a path where it's like, I think there's somebody out there who can extract a bit more from this team and put them over the top. I don't know if you feel the same way right now. Yeah, it might be a change of pace. You know, you look at even like Craig Berube coming into St. Louis and he just like kicked everybody in the butt and took that team out of the cellar to win a Stanley Cup. And I just don't see 
this inconsistent play year after year, right? Like Rosie made that comment the other day when we were shooting the fake holiday special um, <laughs> about yes. just like leaf. It's just like leafy things they do. And it's like, so like, if you define that term as like a leafy game, like or a leafy team, you'd be like, Oh yeah. One night they're going to look like the best team ever created. Then you watch the next game and they're just absolute dog shit. Yeah, so I think Hutch, that is the they're not ready to play. They're not ready to play. I agree. Is that, and I, I think that's the move. Like you, maybe yeah. you need a guy that's going to come in and just be an absolute tornado. But at this point, like you can't, it's been the same thing over and over and over again. You can only point the fingers at the players in certain situations so many times here. It's got to be somebody yeah. else. You're right. I just think it's unique to get your perspective. You're a former player in this league. Like, you know, what's up. I just think it's like, it's a definition of insanity and it's not Kyle Dubas's guy anymore. Brad true living's here. There's some really good options out there. Dean Evison, Craig Berube. I mean, Gerard Gallant, uh, Claude Julien. Like there's some guys who have won before. I don't care what kind of coach you want, but I think that the fact that we're staring here and looking and I have no clue what's going to come up every game, game after game. It's like one game. They're awesome. One game. They're not. And, this has been a story for years, like leafy things. Like I always put this out on Twitter. You can make a top 10 leafy games just from the Sheldon Kiefer. Like it's, it's insane to me, dude. Like I lose sleep at night thinking about how many times the Leafs get embarrassed. Granted, every team gets embarrassed. There's no shot in hell. Teams get embarrassed as much as the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like they can't lose normally. It's like you lose to a fucking Zamboni driver. You let Columbus <laughs> score five straight goals and are down five Cobb. You lose to Arizona twice in a season. It's a game after game after game. And to me, it just, it goes directly back to one person and that's the coach. They're not ready to play. They need a new voice. They need somebody to pick them up because you can't fire an entire team. Like if you were to ask me on the record or off the record, I think they need a big time fucking trade and one of the big boys needs to go, but that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen in season at the least. You need somebody, you need a fresh voice in there. I'm tired of this. No, I agree with you. And sometimes that's all it is, right? It's like, because they have, when you watch them play, like. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ill preparedness at times is just devastating. But then when when they are on, they're unbelievable, right? You just need someone that's going to take control. And 
I don't know how his relationship with his everybody, you know what I mean? Obviously, Tavares is the leader in the room, but he's a quieter guy. It's not like he's in there every day going nuts, right? You have the guys to get it done. It, it's t- it's honestly tough to watch. Like, it's one of those things where can you legitimately think this team can win a Stanley Cup? And I think at this point, I think you're you're nuts if you think they can. Absolutely nuts the way that they've played. When you look at other teams that play, even like you look at LA and just the way that they play defensively, the way they have structure, the way that every time you turn the TV on, you're getting mm-hmm. a team. They, they've dominated on the road. They've been, because they have structure, because they everybody's bought in. When you watch Toronto, I don't get that feeling at all. And, yeah. you know, you can pick on the goaltending, you can pick on their back end. But at some point, you know, it goes to the guy running the bench every night. Oh, definitely. Like, again, you make a good point in L.A. They, they can lose the game 2-1, but they outshoot the opponent 40-18. to 18. Like, how many times do you leave a Leafs loss and be like, oh, you know what? They played well enough to win. Like, the New York Rangers game the other night, maybe. <laughs> like, I can't remember the last time the Leafs lost a game. I didn't think they felt they deserved a better fate. Like, they usually get steam kicked. Like, it's, it's really, really frustrating because, again... This has been an ongoing thing for years, even dating back to Mike Babcock. And for as much as we dislike Mike Babcock in the hockey world, the guy was incredibly right with the players on this roster. He just called it early. And uh, we're still seeing the fruits of the labor now. And and they're going to cost another guy's job. Like, do I think Sheldon Keith's a bad coach? No, I think he's an awesome coach. I think he's an excellent coach. But I think he's at the end of the runway here. It's just not working. And people will call me crazy because the record's insane. They're on pace for 105, 110 points every year. But I'm a guy who wants results in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And a team that's this inconsistent, I can't see them flipping a switch. They barely did it last year. I think many people would agree Tampa probably was the better team. The Leafs got some puck luck. Then they just completely sacked themselves in the second round. Florida got some good bounces the first two games. They didn't show up for game three. Another prime example. Rosie always gets pissed because I bring up regular season doesn't matter, but it's a process. You have these games and I lose my shit when they lose to Arizona and Chicago. It's all about preparation, preparation for those game threes against Florida. And they failed last year. That's all I'll say. Anything else? No, I, I think the league is tricky in the sense of you have to play a certain way to get in. And then when you get in the playoffs, you have to play a different way. Right. And they do yeah. not play the right style of hockey for the playoffs. When I look at other teams that have structure, that have everybody bought in five guys, even sometimes in their D zone last night, it's just gross what's going on, like miscommunications. And I think that comes from the bench, you know, so that's where it's even as team gets in, like, so we're going to waste another first round, oh, second round, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And at this, this point dip, with those guys, dippity do shit too. this dippity do shit. And again, I'm not here to to point fingers at Marner, Matthews, any of these guys, but Mitch Marner, like this deputy do shit that you do in beer league, it, it just doesn't equate to the NHL level. I get that it's a Thursday game in Buffalo, fucking feeling good. It's the holidays, but like, dude, get the puck off the glass. Like you're, you're trying to win a hockey game here, man. Like, uh, you know what, you, you know what play I'm talking about, right? I think it was like the three, two goal in the first period where it's like, he tries to make that fancy Mitch Marner pass. Like you got to simplify your game, man. When you're just not having it defensively, and you fucking know, like, your third-string goaltender's in there. You just can't do shit like that. Yeah, you need to be smart. That's on that play where Samsonov misses the rim. He makes a cute play on yeah. the wall. Tuck yeah. gets it, gives it to Skinner. It's in the back of your net where I get your stars have to have freedom when it's the power play, when they're in the offensive zone. But, like, when we get back to the D zone, everyone needs to be more consistent. And, and he's making plays, turnovers at the blue line, and, and these nifty plays, which is everybody loves, right? But it needs there needs to be an awareness that, like, I feel like I – I feel the same way with um, when Trotz went to Washington with the Caps. It was almost like these guys were just run and gun. And then he came in there and he was like, 
this is great. We have the firepower and you're going to get that. But if we want to win, you have to change the way you play. We can't be doing this shit in our defensive zone. We need to have consistency in our defensive zone. And then you think, obviously, Samsonov hasn't been great, but like Hopi was unbelievable that cup run. But when you know what you're getting as a goalie, when the game is more predictable, like the LA is playing right now, it's so much easier. You have, And then you're always in the game. And then all of a sudden you draw a penalty. Here you go, boys. This is your freedom. Score a goal. Win the hockey game. But... It's hard when you don't have five guys on the ice buying into that system. Dude, there's zero fucking accountability with this team. Zero. They they lose this series. It's like, oh, we'll get them next year. They lose 9-3. They're like, yeah, it's an embarrassment. Like, you want to talk about accountability? Put Mitch Marner on your fourth line for a couple games. Like, fucking sh- send a message. Like, I, I think that's what's been lost in the shuffle here. It's like guys and your big boys are making substantial mistakes. And I know you're, they're your breadwinners and you're, you're making tons of money. But I think you got to prove a point. You got to send a message. There's no message sending with this team. There's no accountability. You make a mistake in everyday life. Usually there's something there that's going to hold you accountable. I don't feel like the Leafs feel that urgency to be accountable because they know the sun's going to come up tomorrow, if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. When you've, everyone's got your bag, right? Like Stewie said, yeah. they got their bags. So it's, you know, they got their dough. and But it's tricky, right? It's one of those things where how do you manage a situation to get guys to buy in and Obviously, with the back end, they need a little bit of help, especially with a few injuries. But when you don't have everybody in the system, I honestly, again, you go back to the coaching, like you need guys to buy in, right? Like you need a system. You need something that they can fall back on when you don't have it, right? Because playing the run and gun game is exciting when you can score six. But if you're just off a little bit, all of a sudden now you can't score, you can't find it. But if you have that structure in the D zone, like you talked about getting pucks off the glass, being simple, being more predictable when you're playing defense, then you're always in the game. Like, I know the Islanders are boring as heck, but, like, how many games go to overtime? At least you know you're always in the game. So it, it, it gets frustrating, especially when everything is run and gun. And I just see this translating to good hockey come playoff time. Again, it's not a conversation we haven't had on the show before. It's just, like, I feel like we're doing it every two weeks now, and it's, like, nothing's changing. And it's, like, oh, they got a good record, though, and there's people just fighting. It's, like, a civil war, and we miss fucking Kyle Dubas. Let's do a fucking press conference with the guy. Let's raise a banner, like... It's the same shit. He hired this guy. It's not working. I don't think it's even on the coach. I think it's become crystal clear in the last three years on the players, on the core guys, because they keep filtering new guys in and out. And it's the same shit every year. Like, dude, I'm still rock hard after watching Nathan McKinnon score four and one last night for Colorado. That guy's won a cup. He'll go through a fucking wall for his teammates. I I don't know. I watch the least sometimes and I, I feel like it's like me in beer league, which I always bring up. I'm there to collect one and two and go home. It doesn't matter if I win or lose. So. I know what you mean. It's one of those things. It's more inspiring, right? When you watch those guys wear it on their sleeve and then you look back at like some teams that like just grind it out, right? Just, you know what you're going to get every night. They're going to go through a wall and they're going to play that. And McKinnon is one of those guys that's vocal about it. When is anyone, these big stars come out and acted like that? Yeah. Like yeah, they're just enough. not they but yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I'm in a mood today, clearly. I just didn't want to be in this mood in a holiday season, but somebody's gotta say it. There's no accountability with this team. I think it's time for a coaching change. Ilya Samsonov, I don't know, fucking have him go check on John Klingberg and Roby Island, man. It just ain't working. I don't know what it's every year it's the same conversation. They can't get a guy who gets a fucking save. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. You look around this league, there's so many teams like Aiden Hill won a Stanley Cup. Find me a fucking goalie coach. Like, I don't know. The fact that Aiden Hill wins the Stanley Cup, Sean Burke's good at his job. And then you get Toronto. Maybe it's the pressure cooker of this market. This guy turned into a pumpkin. He was every fucking game last year. It's like 35 saves. He's a stud. 
couldn't stay healthy, which is another issue with Leafs net mining and across the league. It's a volatile position, as you know. And so, yeah, I'm into one today. No, rightfully so, right? You're the one. You're let's on the button. You're watching it. Yeah, let's do it. I, well, I'll stay wherever you need. you need me, buddy. I got your support, buddy. This hey, is that's why I appreciate you, buddy. Therapy um, session you, for you. Yeah, it really is. You know, I, I was joking with the guys off air. I was making a gingerbread house last night. I was feeling great. Making a gingerbread house, getting in the festive spirit. Not one lick of Christmas in my fucking condo. I make this gingerbread house and the Leafs are getting stomped by the fucking Buffalo Sabres. When that barn is packed with Maple Leafs fans, like makes sense of that for me. It was a home game for them. Step the fuck up. But anyways, let's move on. Let's talk Leafs jackets here. Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year with the Wendy's Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool. Sign up to play the Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool to win weekly prizes like the new chicken strips and French toast sticks from Wendy's and the Wendy's app. Head on over to dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com to play today. By the way, if you agree with me and are watching right now, hit the like button, subscribe at the Leafs Nation 401. Leafs want to take wherever you find your podcast. So the final game, Huts, before the three-day mandated CBA holiday break. Lord knows what these guys are going to do during that break. The Leafs visiting the Columbus Blue Jackets. So they talk about the game being an embarrassment against Buffalo. Well, I think we're going to find that out. Because they they have to find a way to like not only win this game but show that they've learned from their their mistakes or whatever you want to call Thursday night. Yeah, you know this is where that response comes, right? Like what you know you're assessing some of your players too, some guys that had tough nights to get back from, right? Like Domi Scorby's minus four. You know what does like Nylander do, right? Nice, you know these guys that are you know they were even, they didn't weren't even on for a goal against in the nine goal thing, which is pretty impressive, but. <laughs> Columbus is reeling it. It'll be interesting to see what they do. You know, um, obviously it's been a bit of a mess, especially after last night, Merzlikin looking like an idiot in overtime there. <laughs> so I don't know. I just want to see a response here, but I like you go back to this thing. It's like, I feel like I'm just like the, I'm going back to the girl who broke my heart again and she's going to, she'll come back and give me a little bit of love. Oh, exactly. She's going to lay an egg in another week and I'm going to be yeah. heartbroken because she left with the quarterback of the football team. Dude, that's a, it's a perfect analogy because, again, I could not really care what the Leafs do uh, uh, tomorrow against Columbus. They can pump them 6 nothing. They could easily come out. They're playing Columbus in the 29th. They could easily come out, spot them five goals, and then come back. Like It's it's the same old rodeo where they're just not prepared. They're, they're not a winning team. You don't look at the Leafs and watch their games and be like, that team is ready to win. I watched like, the Vancouver Canucks this year, and again, it's a one-off. I watched like, Dallas. I watched Colorado at times. These teams feel like they have, they're on the precipice of greatness. They're on the precipice of winning a Stanley Cup. I watch the Leafs year after year after year, and numbers are great. We love fucking analytics in this era. So great. They're on pace for 110. Willie's on pace for 11, mil- 11 sheets a season. Do I seriously watch this team over 82 and say, you know what? I think they're going to win a Stanley Cup this year. I think you're only kidding yourself, and maybe it stems back to the conversation to start today's podcast about the Leafs having the most annoying fan base in the league. Because people are, are are seeing blue sometimes. Yeah, I agree. And even you look at some other teams that are like having success and doing well, you know, like Dallas. Okay. Like who, who knew how they're going to be this year? They lose their guy, Jake Ottinger, arguably potentially mm-hmm. like Vesna winner and Scott Wedgwood steps in and he's been great. And now is that not that Scott is a, like, Scott's a great goalie, but he's not an upper echelon guy, right? He's a great backup, but now you have a system that's in place. That they play the right way you have success. There's more consistency there. We're like, 
we love our superstars in Toronto, right? We love our Matthews. We love our Willie Styles and all the points and all the money is going to get, but it's not winning hockey. It's not the hockey that's going to make the difference when it comes. So for me, it's like, you look at so many things, you talk about a copycat league, right? Where like how Vegas yeah. won last year, even the way Florida played last year, they're unbelievable. Like shut down D Vegas. They, obviously they have a better back end, but still that's, what's going to get the job done come playoff time. When you watch this shit, it's just like, this is the stuff that it's great to hit the overs when they're on, but man, playoff time, it's not going to get the job done. Yeah, I guess that was a significant part about the game yesterday is we came on this podcast and said, hammer the over. That's six straight overs for the Leafs and Sabres. And Rosie questioned me for hitting an over at seven. I'm like, dude, there's going to be 12 goals tonight. I just had that feel. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to the Leafs and Jackets on Saturday night. The second of three meetings in 15 days, a bit of a scheduling quirk, but it's your guess uh, is as good as mine as to like which Leafs team is going to come out in that game. But I, I think there's major underlying issues with this organization with this team, I think undoubtedly that Brad Tree Living and Company have to know like what's going on here. And it's it's not from like a fight back standpoint. I actually thought the Leafs showed a bit of resolve in that game against Buffalo early on, late in the game. Um, it's not about that. It's just like the lapses. It's about the goaltending. It's about the destructure. Like Guy Boucher, isn't he like a defensive wizard? Isn't this guy known for the trap? Like all signs point to Guy Boucher potentially being the next coach, which could be, I think, another big mistake. But it's like, I know he doesn't handle that part of the game, but I mean, you're still a coach in that room. Like, there's just so many question marks with this team. And I think you're so right. And then, like, even I watch a team like Florida. Can you seriously sit here and say, if the Leafs played Florida again in the playoffs, they'd win that series? I can't sit there and say that. No, not a chance. Not a chance in yeah. hell. Where last year, it was almost like... Florida was just this like Cinderella story, but then they were Dude, a good. year removed. Structure. They were a year. They were a year removed from being the President's Trophy, right? And last season, Bob didn't have the greatest regular season, but you still have a guy that's like established, that's going to get hot, going to play well, and they have goalie depth, right? They have three really good goalies. Where with the way Samsonov is playing, come playoff time, like if Joseph Wall doesn't come back from this injury as well as he, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm telling you, man, I had a high ankle sprain. My injury was a little bit worse. Guy landed on top of me against the Rangers. I ended up having to get surgery. But like for that six to eight weeks, they were rehabbing me to come back. And then all of a sudden I couldn't come back because these ankles are a bitch when you're going, mm -hmm. man. And yeah. it's scary for a young guy. So if he doesn't come back, what are we doing? Like Martin Jones ain't going to carry you to the promised land. Like I love him. He's serviceable. You know what you get from him. But come on, man. You want to win a Stanley Cup and these are your options. It's wild. I would just go crazy with it. Trade Nylander or the deadline. Get what you can if you can't re-sign the guy. I don't know. I don't know. I'm in one today. But I don't know if you saw this yesterday on Insider Trading. I guess they suggested that both sides remain on the same page, Nylander and the Leafs, which is positive news. Uh, it sounds like Nylander still wants to be a Leaf long-term. I mean, we're not hearing much, which I think is a good thing, specifically Huts in this market. But there has to be a point of no return from both sides of the spectrum. And I... I get it. Like Nylander has been fantastic and I think he's a great fit. And I agree with everything that's been said on this show the last couple of weeks, how I, I would prefer Nylander to stay and Marner to go, but I just would love to know what they're thinking. Right. Like I, in a perfect world, I'm giving, I'm giving Nylander the Marner money and I'm finding a way to move on from Marner. Who's one year away from UFA. Um, it's easier said than done, but he's not a guy I'm committing to anytime soon. No, I think that's right. They have to make a move, right? Like you talk about insanity, right? With these guys and all the money that they're making, it's great. But like, maybe let's move a big guy for a good defenseman or like a established goalie or something that is going to be like, I think you have the future in wool for sure. Like, and I've, 
I can only, I love this guy. He's unbelievable. He's but like, yeah. where's your star defense? Even the Klingberg signing to me is just like, obviously you got off it. They got Definitely. lucky. But like what, that is not the piece you needed. Like you look at like a big steady defenseman, a TANF or like a guy that can play on the other side of the puck, eats up space and eats up minutes. Even I, I, I touched on in the holiday special, it won't be out. Um, Bertuzzo, like the, the, he was blocking shots the other night against Ovi. Like he's a Thunder Bay boy, good friend, like a buddy of mine, but like, they gave up a sixth round to get a guy that can just play shutdown minutes. That takes up space that he's not going to put pucks. We don't worry about scoring pucks. We can score goals. We can do that. Let's get some guys that can keep the puck out of our net and get the puck out of our zone and just take up space where I just don't see that happening right now with them. And it's, it's frustrating to watch. That's for sure. The more you watch them, it's like the more you realize like there's so many gaping holes with this team. Like, even defensively, I know you can make your case like, hey, they should get Tanev, they should get Hannafin, they've got to improve their top four of the blue line. If guys don't back check, if guys don't pick up assignments, like they're cooked anyways, right? There's only so much you can, you know, this your goalie. There's only so much you can lean on your D and your goaltending. Like, I think the team buy-in is where I start. I just don't see it. And again, this is not me reacting to a 9-3 loss to the Buffalo Sabres. This is me looking at sort of the nucleus over the last five, six years under Sheldon Keefe and saying, everything's the same. Not much has changed where it's the same unpredictable nature, ups and downs and wild swings with this team. I just think from a buy-in standpoint, they're nowhere close. No, and I agree. And structure, structure is going to win. Structure is going to consistency, finding that way to, you know, I, I, I touch back on like those, when St. Louis won the cup, when I was there the year before, we were so structured the year before, I was in Nashville. I guess. Maybe I'm the case, right? Every time I get moved out of a team, they go to the cup final. St. Louis won it the year before the Preds. The next year, the Preds go to the cup final. But like, think about the Preds back end, right? You have Weber, you have Ellis, you have Ekholm, you have Yossi. You have like, then whoever, who are the five, six, who cares? You look at Vegas last year. You look at these teams that have the consistency defense. Even in when I was in uh, St. Louis that year, and then the next year, you look at Petrangelo, you look at Perenko, you look at Edmondson. Uh, Gunnarsson, you have guys that have size that can eat up space and play minutes where that's not here, right? You have Brody and you have Morgan Riley, which are, you know, these guys do a good job, but even Giordano, like he's hanging on by a thread at this point. And I think he's probably overshot the runway at this age, but where are those guys that are just that fearful presence when they step on the ice? Like you're scared to go get a puck in the offensive zone because you know, these guys are coming to get you and make you pay. Look, all I'll say, like, they have cap space coming up. I, I think they have to be mindful of all situations. I know this whole core four thing's fantastic and all, but it just ain't working. I'm telling you right now, we're just setting ourselves up for the same bullshit in the spring. And if Rosie was here, he talked me off that ledge, and you, you've done your best to talk me off that ledge. But there, there has been nothing I've seen from this team through 30 games where it's like, ah, something has clicked, man. They are ready. Granted, it could happen in the final 10 games of the season. I'm not disputing that, not discounting that. Happened with Florida last year. It was Alex Lyon who saw, and I, I brought it up. The Leafs actually helped out Florida last year because they they blew that game. Florida came in at Scotiabank Arena, won that game in OT. They won in that magical run. So good on Toronto. Uh, that's their purpose in life. But uh, it's been a good therapy session. I do feel better about myself now. I know that's good because obviously I just wanted you to build a nice gingerbread house and have a nice little festive night. And then the Leafs put you through that though. The only thing that was nice for me watching that nine, three game last night was bringing back memories when I played for the Preds, when we went into Toronto, there it is. Oh my goodness. That is nice. <laughs> the other side's not artist. built yet. It's like the Leafs, man. I'm like half built. <laughs> yeah. Half built. There you go. That's the back end. Yeah. And uh, I was on the Preds line. when we spanked that's my Lilligren right there. <laughs> 
That is it. That is tough to look at, but I'm glad you made it. I'm glad we were able to get it out of your system here. And I was there, I was on the Preds when we went into Toronto and spanked them nine two. So oh, yeah. jerseys all over the rink and we'll see that, but that was a Leafs team that was in a rebuild. That was a mess, right? So it's, it's one of those things. This is a team you want to be a contender and you're losing nine, three, come on to the Sabres. Wrong tender word. It's a uh, pretender. Uh, the Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. <laughs> the game starts now, 19 plus. Please play responsibly on Saturday, December 23rd, which is tomorrow, 9 Eastern time. Botano is hosting a live online trivia show with the biggest prize pool yet, 2000 bucks. No deposit required. All you need is a Botano account to participate. Since the Leafs are playing Columbus, uh, any bets stick out for you in that game? <laughs> Well, I think an easy one would be the over. <laughs> like, I just think the way that they're going. What's the number? You know, ten and a half. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. Let's just buy that line up a bit. Um, <laughs> it's just it's tough right now to have any faith in this team, especially not giving up goals or getting goals, right? So, I, I figure that might be yeah. the wild west shootout. This one. Sixteen, eight, and six. Okay, so I know I've been Mister Doom and Gloom. Again, I talked about the numbers being irrelevant in my world. I think the eye test, I watch this team. I'm like, they're shit. I don't need your fucking analytics to tell me they're good or bad hockey team. They're, they're, not, they're not doing so well right now. Um, should mention as well, friends over at Covered Bridge, giving mood this holiday season. Uh, they're going to be giving away three prize packs. Pretty easy to be eligible to win. So get in quickly because uh, it's wrapping up quick. All you got to do is follow Covered Bridge on uh, Twitter at CB chips on Instagram at CB underscore chips plus like and tag two of your friends in their promotional posts about this giveaway for a chance to win an eight pack of storm chips and one branded plaid fleece. So I think that's it. A holiday break. Any big plans, buddy? I know you uh, gave us a lot on the fake holiday episode that we're not putting out there. (laughs) That's it. I understand. I'm not a very festive guy. I got my black shirt on Um, for us just hanging out with the kids. You know, it's exciting time for them. They're like, my little girl's four, my boy's six. So they're like pumped for Santa to come in presents. And so that's always fun. And then I do a little goalie school um, the 27th, 28th. So that'll be fun. Get nice. on the rink. Yeah, I like the idea of it. And then after I'm there for four or five hours, I'm like, why the hell am I doing this? Why am I in my skates? Why am I? So two days will be enough for me. And then we'll enjoy the break and uh, just have some fun with our kids. Giving back to the community. That's why I love you, Huts. I should mention, too, I had an over-under prop with Rosie set yesterday. After the Leafs were not given a power play against the Rangers at two and a half, they got four power plays yesterday. So, league management. He knows it. Even out the, even out the stat sheet, your analytics, someone's got to do it. Those refs know what they're doing. If there is something I've monitored very closely in whatever, 12 years of covering the NHL, it's uh, you'll get your cookies eventually. <laughs> so will Santa Claus on the 25th, my man. Uh, appreciate it. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Huts. Hey, thanks for having me on, Nikki. Have a good holidays and uh, good luck with the rest of that gingerbread house. Yeah, it's it's going in the garbage. I won't lie. I tried my best. I'm playing fucking tummy sticks. Watching the Leafs has weared off on me where I'm playing fucking tummy sticks on a Thursday night holiday season, building a fucking gingerbread house, watching whatever. Again, I I I watched that game and I couldn't believe it was the same Toronto Maple Leafs team that I saw beat you know some of the better teams in this league but that's where we are here at the uh, holiday break and a lot of you people asking in the uh, chat the uh, holiday special with me and rosie featuring easton cowan who's getting set for the world jays here i believe it's coming out on christmas day so watch out for that really fun interview with easton we spent about 10 minutes with him he was at like a boardroom in sweden we had some fun with him talked about fraser minton as well so make sure you check that out at the leafs nation 401 where you can subscribe here on youtube merry christmas happy holidays Thank you so much to everybody who's uh, guided us and give us strength over the last couple of years to do this show. And uh, thank you so much for following along. 
Producer Vic, welcome aboard officially here in January. Producer Aaron, fantastic job as per usual. And to Jay Rosso again, make sure to go check out the Barn Burner episode. That's why he missed his podcast today. He is uh, They're doing a holiday spirits episode where they just get absolutely obliterated on their show, which I think is a phenomenal idea. And at some point in time, we got to do it here on this show. But that's why he's not here today. He sends his best and uh, we'll see you coming up on Wednesday. We're back live next Wednesday to tee up what could be next here for this uh, very fascinating Toronto Maple Leafs team. Take care. Happy holidays. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N dot com. <laughs> if you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation, you know what I mean? Um, but hey, sometimes you never know. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 